The Christmas tree has been trimmed, stockings have been hung, the elf is sitting on their shelf, and once again, the internet serves up a fresh batch of hot takes. And frankly, we are just happy to do our part in Mm -hmm. this debate. Everyone's doing it, so we will too. Might as well. Welcome to The Scaries, brought to you by RacerCo. I'm Sky, And I'm Talitha. We are proudly broadcasting from Treaty 4 territory. In each episode, we tackle alarming, inconceivable, questionable, shocking, and scary statistics relating to impacting and intervening with the lives of women and girls worldwide. You'll hear the scary truth, take away tools and tips, and learn about what you can do about it. And The Scaries is an opportunity to raise awareness, share resources, and use our voices as women and supporters of women to make some real change. Um, So the opinions shared in this podcast are solely our own. So just keep that in mind. And this is for entertainment purposes only. And uh, we may be sharing some content that could be triggering to you. So just listen with caution. As straight, cisgender, white, able-bodied settler women, we are aware of the privilege that we have. And we want to use this platform to spread awareness about the scary reality that women from around the world face in different life situations. Why? Because sometimes nothing is scarier than being a woman. So the first few episodes of The Scary have dropped the very real and very scary statistics and the very real and scary realities that women currently face in the world. But since it's the holiday season, we wanted to have a little bit of fun while still dropping The Scaries. Hence why we have a Christmas tree (laughs) and I'm wearing a hat and we're wearing very festive colors. Uh, It's the most wonderful time of the year for some people, allegedly. Um, And Christmas music and holiday music music is everywhere right now in the malls in the car on all the socials like everyone and their dog Mm -hmm. is doing a dance to social media (laughs) on social media to christmas songs so whether you love holiday music or not the lyrics are ingrained in our brains from a very young age but have you ever really listened to what some of these commercialized holiday songs are about Today, we will be chatting about the lyrics behind a couple of holiday classics that have sexist undertones and sharing from both sides of the argument as to whether they should be canceled altogether or reclaimed as feminist anthems. And you can be the judge at the end of it. But before we get into the nitty gritty around these songs that we'll be deconstructing, we have to do a holiday edition of Would You Rather. <laughs> the and holiday this time, edition. This time it's She's on the Spot. So, yes. Okay. To start us off. Okay. Would you rather be the voice behind the most famous Christmas song out there? Okay. Or be the person that the song is about? Oh, 100%. I want to be the voice of it. I want to be the Mariah Carey. Yeah. I I I want to be the like the Bing Crosby, the Frank Sinatra. Even if it was a song that you were like, this is not like... Oh, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't matter. You're still the voice. Yeah. I feel like that happens like probably a lot of times. That people are like, I didn't really think this was going to be popular, but yeah. whatever. And then it was like all of a sudden huge. Yeah. yeah. I want to be the like Mariah Carey, it's time on like whatever November 1st, she starts launching it 100%. Love you? it. I agree. I'm yeah. the same way. I love <laughs> like, I I'm all about the for sure. singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Would you rather only hear Christmas music all year round okay. or have no Christmas music ever and only like normal songs? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 
have Christmas music all year round. I I just don't know. Like I know that it can get annoying, but there's also like enough repertoire. And also Christmas music gives me like that certain feeling. Like it's totally. like Yeah. You know, without it, I can't imagine Christmas without Christmas music. N- no, exactly. Like, like just not I would risk the ten months of the year with Christmas music to versus like not having Christmas music at Christmas time. And there's totally enough genres of Christmas music yeah. too to like have like a rap Christmas or like a yeah. chill, a piano or whatever it is. Like, Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. There's there's okay. enough to go around. Yeah. I think that yeah, no, I I need the holiday Gotta songs. have it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, last one. Would you rather only have the original Christmas songs that were written like in the 40s and 50s yeah. that we'll be going through today or <laughs> have none of those and only have today's modern Christmas songs? Uh, that's hard. I mean, okay, so I actually spent the entire day today listening to like the old crooners, like yeah. Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and like all those guys singing. And there's just like something so smooth and wonderful mm-hmm. about it. So I feel like I'm going to stick with the old ones, although there are some like problematic themes yes. that we will discuss. Um, but I think I'm going to go oldies. Okay. What do you think? I mean, there's some good, like, new ones. Like, I the- think I'd go, like, modern, just because yeah. there's so many remakes of the songs. Totally. And yeah. I, I guess I'm not really attached to the voices as much as I am about, like, the lyrics. Yes. Yeah. And, like, the tune, because I it's, like, ingrained in my brain. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, Rascal Flatts and Justin Bieber and, like, all the remakes. <laughs> Michael Buble, who will go through today, has lots of remakes. Um, <laughs> he seems to be the problem. Know, but-, but he's still, like, amazing. Such a good voice. So, he, I don't know. Yeah. I think like, I'd go modern. The Justin Bieber holiday, whatever it's called, Mistletoes kissing you so good i was listening to it today yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good good. one yeah Yeah. no that i mean and i think that it's also just the terrible part about the would you rather is like i would pick all of them Mm -hmm. because i just all holiday music is the best so good well yeah with exception (laughs) yeah exactly well uh i'm the first to admit that i love 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 christmas music mm-hmm. i'm listening to it like starting november 1st or probably even october like 30th just I'm like <laughs> come on speed up halloween here let's get through this um but no i love it i love it i love it um and there's just something comforting and nostalgic and just totally makes you yeah. feel that special cozy feeling and it's mm-hmm. like really a lot of what i love about christmas is just the feeling of christmas yeah. right yeah um but then when you really think about and i haven't really thought about it until now and now that my my, my toddlers and stuff are starting to sing it and I'm like listening to the words back and there's something a little creepy about some of the lyrics when you think of especially like the Santa like I see you when you're sleeping and all those things yeah like it's just a little bit off the fact that he it, no one has ever seen him and he knows exactly what you're doing at all times and he breaks into your house every yeah. every year you eat your could, food he like, eats your food checks on you when you're sleeping like he know. just he knows everything it's just yeah. like it's a creepy thing mm-hmm. and it's I, I used to scream bloody murder when my parents used to make me go sit on santa's lap because i was like absolutely not and Who then we actually took um our son to go get pictures with santa and uh same thing and i was like i don't really? know why i'm like ma- making you go through this <laughs> all for like the memes of him and then yeah he was just screaming in the picture and i was like this is what we will remember forever yeah but but yeah, no, Classic. it is totally creepy. And there's just like a lot of pressure too with True. him. Like he's like, like, and I mean, I'm no, I'm going to do this when my son gets older, but when they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to call Santa and like, I'm going to tell him that <laughs> oh, I've used that. I'm not going to lie. I use that all the time <laughs> right now because it works. And I know it's not at all the correct parenting things, but oh man, whatever. you do what you got to do to <laughs> yeah. get through the season. <laughs> yeah. No judgment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the songs that we're going to be talking today about are really products of the time that they were created. Like I said, they're kind of 40s, 50s, that era. Um, But that doesn't make the fact that a lot of what we're going through will be sexist, capitalist, uh, really ignorant themes. It doesn't make them okay. Um, So especially when we keep singing and listening to these all year round for years and years and years and decades and decades and decades. Yeah. Um, And we are, like we said, kind of tone deaf to it now because we just have been singing it for so long. You don't even really think about what we're saying. So because we're numb to it, we it's really hard to ignore these songs and kind of like put them out of our brain when we've we've become ingrained to them we've totally. grown up listening to yeah. them or that they have memories attached to them so we're not asking you to stop listening to these songs altogether just being aware of what's being said mm-hmm. being aware of the ears that are listening to these songs as you play them and um, just being a little bit more conscious of of that mm-hmm. active listening of songs in general which yeah. i'm sure we'll be going through more other types of songs in the future <laughs> yes. stay tuned to the 90s yeah uh in the, another episode but uh yeah so just consider that the historical context when you're listening to songs is what we're hoping for today yeah absolutely uh so why this topic well the relationship between popular holiday music and the objectification and sexualization of women is complex and multifaceted aka shout out to the 90s uh and is often influenced by cultural norms obviously like so what's happening at the time historical context and individual interpretations so music is it's poetry it's kind of it's what you take of it so this is just us going through it and presenting the history and all that sort of thing but it is up to an individual interpretation so don't don't come for us um when we refer to sexualization or sexist undertones within these holiday songs we were referring to the lyrics specifically or the themes that can contribute to the objectification or sexualization of women so some pieces may contain suggestive or stereotypical portrayals of women emphasizing physical appearance or romantic pursuits which can perpetuate gender stereotypes and reinforce certain societal expectations because all we really want is a boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the every Christmas song. Yeah. Right? It's going to wrap that gift. Uh, so it's important to consider the historical context, obviously, as we have these discussions and the evolution of societal values when we analyze these songs. Some holiday music reflects cultural norms from very different time periods, which is true of the songs that we are going to dissect today. And that what might have been acceptable or even considered entertaining in the past may be viewed differently through a contemporary lens. So oftentimes the objectification and sexualization of women was a joke. So mm-hmm. that is something that we will be looking at and considering as well. For sure. And I would say in recent years, the more and more like these topics are becoming more, we're aware of them. We talk about them. They're being more discussed. They're not the norm or we're changing those norms. Yeah. We're having more discussions and we're seeing more um, changes to mm-hmm. these songs or more remakes that are in the positive direction, which right. is great to see. Um, so like, and we'll talk about some of the artists that have reimagined some of these classic songs in a positive and sometimes not so positive mm-hmm. way. Um, but the fact is, is we're seeing changes. We're, we're seeing people recognize that this is yeah. not okay, which is a great thing. So yeah. yeah. Exactly. Things are uh, are shifting and and going, you know, to a nicer way. Yes, totally. So let's review before we get into a couple songs we'll mm-hmm. be getting into in depth. Yeah. Um, let's go through a couple of the factors that really have led to the perpetuation of these songs and really the fact that they're still around and yeah. we're still singing them and still everywhere. But 
they have not the best messages. Yes, totally. So I'll maybe start with a couple and then I'll sure. just pass back to you. Okay. So one of the first factors we have to consider is the time period and the societal norms, as I kind of mentioned previously. So many holiday songs that contain elements of objectification or sexualization of women were released during the mid 20th century. So like mm-hmm. the 40s, 50s, 60s, again, what we'll be talking about today. And if you listen to the Barbie episode, so you should listen to the Barbie episode, um, you'll get a look at what was happening at the time in terms of political and societal shifts. So again, what women were facing at that time and kind of how it makes it even more problematic. We are extremely aware that things were different then, and it's something we're not ignorant of. Uh, This era had distinct social norms and gender roles that differed significantly from Mm -hmm. contemporary perspectives. And honestly, like thankful that we are moving forward in some way. It may be slow and it may be challenging at times, but there is still forward movement. Uh, And during this time, certain attitudes towards women, relationships, and societal expectations were reflected in popular uh, popular culture including music the other piece that we uh, the another factor sorry that we want to look at is and consider is the evolution of cultural values so obviously as societal attitudes and values have evolved so has the interpretation of these songs so what was once considered playful or innocuous in earlier times may now be viewed critically due to changing norms and heightened awareness of gender equity and representation And some other factors include two more factors we'll go through are just the sheer commercial success and entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these holiday songs, despite having those elements of objectification and sexualization, were catchy. They Mm -hmm. were festive. They were fun and upbeat. They were different than the typical Christian, you know, religious Christmas songs that really make up the bulk of the cloud, like their original Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there was commercial success. The audience were all for them. And because of that feedback or that acceptance and demand for these types of catchy tunes they've continued on why Um, why because sex sells sex sells (laughs) sex sells it always has always will i guess um so yeah that's one factor and then the last factor is just artistic expression and historical context so artists a lot of times in these in these times and still today create songs as a reflection of the time that they lived in intending them to be playful and romantic sometimes pushing the boundaries of the norms of the day which we'll go through Mm -hmm. um but not intentionally trying to objectify or sexualize women that's not their intention even though it may happened indirectly um so yeah that's another piece to keep in mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. So with all these factors in mind, these four factors we just went through, keep those in your brain. But we're really going to share both sides of the perspective uh, or the, I guess, debate on mm-hmm. a couple two primary songs, which we'll get into in a second. But we really want you to be the judge of what yeah. your view is. And we'll share our thoughts at the end of each kind of review. But yeah. Let us keep these in keep these in mind and let us know what you think at the end. Yes, please do. Um, as we mentioned, the opinions are always just our own, but we would mm-hmm. love to hear yours as well. Uh, so let's start out with one of the most widely known and arguably rapey songs, <laughs> Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> So let me just paint a picture for you, Rahul, mm-hmm. shall I? So who doesn't love a festive holiday tradition? The Christmas tree has been trimmed, stockings have been hung, the elf is sitting on their shelf, and once again, people are debating whether Baby It's Cold Outside is a song about rape 
and consent. Every December, the internet serves up a fresh batch of hot takes about Frank Loesser's 1944 jazz standard. And frankly, we are just happy to do our part in Mm -hmm. this debate. Everyone's doing it, so we will too. Might as well. (laughs) So the vastly different ways people hear the same short song have set off this annual internet battle over its feminist merits. While it's impossible to say for certain when listeners first notice and paid attention to this kind of back and forth creepiness. Um, The earliest known article on the subject that was published was actually in 2004 by Canada's National Post newspaper. So according to the National Post, the article was meant to be a tongue-in-cheek, throwaway joke, poking fun at the political correctness of the time, ending with the demand that all radio stations and malls stop playing this song. The article's points are, ironically, the same as those being argued in earnest now, though the shift didn't happen overnight. So that was 2004 was the first kind of original one. And now, obviously, some almost 20 20 years later, and we're still talking about it. So now for every think piece that's calling it a date rape anthem, there's a corresponding, oh, come on, take about how oversensitive social justice warriors are killing romance and seduction and taking the song's lyrics out of context. Let's be honest. There's always those. How many, oh, yeah. how many articles or debates that oh, are just oversensitive? Yeah, just snowflakes. Sensitive. Like, let yeah. it go. Yes. Everything. No. But anyway. Especially when it comes to, I think, like women's issues. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Or like sex and gender issues, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. The research on this one was very interesting with people feeling like super strongly one way on one side of the spectrum um, and obviously very strongly on the other side. So as Sky mentioned, I'm going to share a bit of both sides of the argument. And then let you be the judge. Um, and I mean, we will be also the judges mm-hmm. at the end. But Okay, so first about the song and its composer. So Frank Loser, as I mentioned, originally wrote Baby It's Cold Outside in 1936, 1940, or maybe 1944. The internet had very varying opinions mm-hmm. on its original date. But uh, it is confirmed that it was written as a goof for himself and his wife to sing at a housewarming party while their guests were trying to leave. And then they just continued singing it at parties for the next few years. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was then used in the 1949 musical Neptune's Daughter, which actually won it in an Academy Award for the best original song. Wow. Yeah. I don't, actually don't know what Neptune's Daughter is about. I've never seen that. I, know. No, I don't even I've know never what that heard is, of it. but maybe I, you should I, watch it. I, sounds I, like a Christmas movie. It it probably, sh- if it isn't, I'd be yeah. surprised. But yeah, I don't know. I well, guess, why is this a Christmas song? It's actually not considered it. it. Yeah. So it's like considered a Christmas song Holiday. because they, like they copped about like weather. Yeah. yeah like it's, that's why it's considered a Christmas song. Interesting. But they actually never mention anything about like the hung stockings hung by yeah, the, or or like, the season. Yeah. Particularly. Or like, yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's just because it's about being cold outside. Hmm. Anyways, okay, so first we are going to tackle, that was the history of it. Now we're going to tackle the side for who have called for this song to be removed from airways and outline some of the issues. So when you first hear it, the song seems like a cute, flirty call and response duet between a man and his lady friend who are debating whether she should stay the night. So on the one hand, what would her parents or neighbors think? On the other hand, it's just so cold outside. (laughs) She didn't wear a hat or anything, I guess. (laughs) The ending is ambiguous, but it's implied that she decides to stay after all, keeping them both warm on a cold winter's Mm. night. So this song has been called out in the past few years as I mentioned, uh, for its implications of rape culture and how it depicts, or the lack thereof, consent, especially with the rise of the Me Too movement. 
This argument finds the events of the song troubling, given our modern understanding of how sexual consent and sexual assault work. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what Lauser intended, it is in this argument is a lousy model for romance that normalizes sexual coercion and date rape. Uh, and the date rape is primarily referring to the like, what's in this drink? Portion oh, yeah. Of it. Yeah. Fair. And so that's copious. Oh, I have another drink. Yes. Like all the drinking. Yeah. yeah. A lot Got of it. drinking. Yeah. The coercion. Mm-hmm. Um, so some look at the lyrics and see a woman trying to leave politely. And if that's the case, it becomes much more obvious why the man's behavior is a problem. Sure, maybe she'll end up staying because the man won't stop bothering her. And it seems easier to just give in at a certain point. Wow. Which I guess we all should just do is just yeah, give in at a certain right. point. Uh, but just because she gives in doesn't mean that she really wanted it or that she'll feel good about it afterwards Mm -hmm. and whether or not she enjoys herself or whether and whether or not she feels violated or ashamed afterwards the ends of how she feels about it later still don't justify the means of how he got her to stay so again like all those coercion kind of exactly have a little bit another drink and like whatever and just completely ignoring all of her reasons why she can't just yeah yeah. changing the subject but baby it's cold outside Yeah. yeah So on the other side of this argument, we look at the when we if we look at the text of the song, the woman gives plenty of indication that she wants to stay the night. So again, this is very plenty interesting. Of indication. Yeah. So during the late 1930s, when the song was originally written, good girls, quote unquote, especially young unmarried girls, did not spend the night at a man's house unsupervised. That was an absolute no-no. Mm-hmm. The song's tension then comes from her desire to say to stay and society's expectations that she should go. So this argument states that we can see this in the organization of the song. So from stopping by for a visit to then deciding to push the line to stay just a little bit longer to then wanting to spend the entire night, which is really just pushing the bounds of acceptability. Hmm. Additionally, her bow and this repeated refrain, but baby, it's cold outside, is allegedly offering her the excuses she needs to stay without guilt. So, like, if someone asks, she'll just be like, oh, but it was just so cold. Right. I could not possibly have left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I got there somehow, but I got couldn't there. get home. Got so much colder. Yeah. Uh, girlfriend obviously also doesn't live in Saskatchewan where no. you just, like, don't leave in the first place. <laughs> Exactly. So later in the song, she asks him for a comb, and this is assumingly to fix her hair. Why would you need a comb otherwise? And mentions that there's going to be talk tomorrow, which implied that this song is about sex. So the song is about sex, wanting it, having it, maybe having a long night of it by the fire. But it's Mm. not a song about rape, says this argument. It's a song about the desires even those good girls have, but weren't supposed to have in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. I feel like how do they know that she desired that? Like in everything that she said, I mean, yeah, clearly I I can imagine that would be like a societal norm, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. how can we read her mind that, yes, she actually, her her words said no, but her brain said yes are we yeah. in her brain like i don't know i just but can't get on board yes. <laughs> with that we knew exactly what she was desiring no okay yeah i mean i think this is also just like those factors that we have to consider is like those yeah. individual interpretations as well so that is you know i mean maybe she did want it that but maybe also she didn't so this argument shares that the song should be and generally is understood to be a dialogue between two people who both very much want to get it on 
but mm-hmm. only one of whom, this in the song's period setting, has the freedom to explicitly say so. Mm. So the the man's is Aha. allowed to have sex. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So there's where we see the sexist piece still. Yeah, like it still exists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess whether the song is about rape or not, there still is this like double standard of... 100%. It's okay for him to stand all night and do whatever he wants. The girls, but mm-hmm. the women are completely their reputations shot if they do that. And so. th- that still exists today. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still such a uh, double standard of like women who have multiple sexual partners mm-hmm. or who have had like sex with more than one person is like they're a hoe. Oh, hundred percent. And men are like, you are conquering You're king. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so this argument goes on to state that what we are hearing is a woman's internal struggle as she determines if she is strong enough to face the public ridicule that will follow when she chooses to defy social norms. So again, it's that like societal, like, I don't want to disappoint my parents and like embarrass everybody because I stayed over at a boy's house. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what side of the argument you are on, the song is deeply filthy, of course, uh, by 1949's standards. Mm -hmm. And even today, it should never be sung at a holiday school choral concert no which is why the video for the michael buble and adina menzel version uh, that was released in 2014 featuring kids lip syncing the so lyrics so weird so creepy yes we watched it before and it's just so weird they're like dressed as adults and like, in like the 40s or 50s yeah like, and they're like in a hotel dancing waltzing of, or... around like it's so weird it's and, just but, weird like, like melting adult song yes with like to michael buble and adina Menzel. like it's just yes yeah, so whether this song is about rape or coercion or just wanting sex it's still about sex yeah 100%. Like, it's still about exactly you can't that. deny that so, so when children say we, it, it's exactly. weird but anyways the pro baby it's cold outside of the argument shares that frank louser wrote a feminist leaning anthem that holds up pretty well as a sex positive period piece they share that the song has a lot to teach us about how society views women's sexuality and this argument concludes by sharing that if you want to be outraged be outraged about what this song is actually about again this double standard in regards to sex that women face and how nothing much has changed hmm Okay. So I get it now. Yes. I get that side. Yeah. So they're both basically not denying it's not sexist, but regardless, it's a sexist song. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, is it a rape? Yes. Or is it sexual assault? Or is it like the sexist undertones and double standards? Of or like, maybe it's yeah. both. And I mean, yeah, it very well could be both. Yeah. Yeah. So which interpretation is right? Well, is Baby Cold Outside, as Sky mentioned, too problematic to enjoy with a clear conscience anymore? Or is just our perception of it the real problem? So the answer isn't actually straightforward. And it's also more about... Uh, just this one Christmas song. The debate goes, gets to the heart of a major culture war over sexual assault, consent, and that beautiful political correctness, mm-hmm. quote unquote. These are political correctness <laughs> um, in quotes. So one article I read during this research from the publication Vox actually broke down chunks of lyrics and annotated it from both perspectives. So this romantic side of like seeing it as a love song um, and the rapey side, seeing it as like sexual coercion, mm-hmm. which gave a good indication how of again how things can be interpreted differently um 
from the just the exact same words. So at a certain point, dissecting and investigating the lyrics of a Christmas song starts to feel a little bit silly, although we love it and we're here for it. But um, if you like the song, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I get it. You don't need to yell at people on the internet about this. Uh, and don't, don't yell at us, please. Uh, but here's the thing. Culture and consent matter. So every single day we express who we are and who we want to be through the books we read, the movies we watch, or the tunes we jam to. Uh, but here's the kicker. When someone says something that we enjoy isn't cool anymore, we tend to get like all riled up about it. Uh, and this is where that complaints about political correctness, quote unquote, can turn into serious grudges and create that like negative mm -hmm. space and negative debates on uh, online. But the debate over this specific song is really about the deep anxieties our society is facing right now over how to deal with sexual consent, which mm. I thought was like very on point. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Uh, so if you touch someone in a sexual way without their consent, you've committed sexual assault, sexual harassment, or rape. Point blank, period. Do not want to hear any arguments <laughs> of the sort. Uh, and those are serious crimes. And they're still not taken as seriously as they should be. Sexual assault and harassment are common, but underreported. Mm -hmm. And conviction rates for, our, for rape are abysmally low. And you should listen to episode one mm -hmm. uh, for more related stats on those gender-based violence. Um, issues. Wonderful things. Uh, so there are also folks out there who seem to be pretty worried about something pretty rare, which is false accusations of rape. So they're all caught up in this idea that if you could wreck a young man's life mm. because of this, when survivors gather the courage to speak up, they still get hit with awful character attacks. And it's like some people side with the accused or just can't wrap their heads around how prevalent sexual assault truly is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's been a long fight against those ideas that somehow blame the victim when it comes to rape. Despite all the effort over the years, those harmful thoughts still linger today. But one huge win in this battle is how far we've come to understand the absolute necessity of consent during mm -hmm. intimacy. And we call it affirmative consent. And by we, I mean, like, as a society, this is not our, it's not our, definition. Not our term. We didn't create it. Uh, so affirmative consent. So I'm going to break it down. In a heterosexual context, like the one we were talking about in Baby It's Cold Outside, instead of just telling women to say no means no, the affirmative consent rationale is that men must get that Yes means yes. So, and it's on us as a society to understand and practice this principle. So you can't just say, like, if there, if there was no response, then that was exactly. Say, yeah. There's reasons why, like in baby, it's cold outside continuously, why they cannot participate. Yes. And there's no explicit Y-E-S words coming yeah. out of their mouth, then it is not consent. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That is not that affirmative consent that we need. So given the historical and musical context that we talked about at the beginning, we won't be revoking your feminist card if you don't interpret the original Baby It's Cold Outside lyrics as a literal description of date rape. In 1944, affirmative consent wasn't even an option for the woman in the song. Like it did not exist. Uh, and so she should have to, she should have had to protect her reputation by either playing hard to get or not allowing herself to be gotten at all, which again, is that double standard. Mm -hmm. But look, every situation involving intimacy is all about context. It's about the bond between two people, how they vibe together, and uh, what they're saying or not saying to each other. It's about 
whether both folks are crystal clear on mm-hmm. wanting something to happen. Now, making a move or trying to seduce someone isn't automatically assault. Again, don't come for us. But if it's not wanted, then it crosses that line and you need to maybe do some self-reflection. Totally. So, uh, and if this song makes you feel uneasy, that's completely valid because truth be told in a slightly different situation, those exact lyrics in baby it's cold outside could have easily turned into a pretty uncomfortable, pushy, pushy situation for the woman. Um, and I mean, arguably it did. I think it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah it like, was awkward. Yeah. It's hard to hear even like listening now yeah. when you know what it means. And yeah. when you think about the context. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the guy could have just shrugged it off later thinking he did nothing wrong. Uh, but here's the thing. The responsibility shouldn't just fall on her. Again, this is a two-way street to mm. consenting adults. Consenting. Um, it shouldn't be on him, uh, only on him as well to ensure that they're both comfortable. They're, and we're just starting to figure this out as a society and how this plays out in our culture. And so, yeah, that's the baby it's cold outside uh, argument on both sides of it with some additional like explanation of regardless of whether you think it's rapey or not the issues with it right exactly yeah so is it is it a rapey assault case song or is yeah. it uh just double standard yeah sexist song yeah what do you think the verdict is i think both yeah um but the line that gets it for me is what's in this drink yeah and the fact that she says that tells me that she doesn't feel safe yeah and then that alone tells me that there's not consent like that is not consent also also because she never says yes i'm gonna stay <laughs> yeah. at the end or Can't anything wait. yeah um it's just continuous like passing over her reasons why she can't stay right. and disregarding them and changing the subject and basically bulldozing his way into getting what he wants, which we don't know if he did, but sounds like he did. It's, so yeah, I think it's regardless, important. making her feel uncomfortable and she's uncomfortable enough to say like, what's in this drink? I don't feel safe. What are you doing? Like, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So that yeah. to me is like a huge red flag. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. I think I definitely agree that like, regardless, it's, it's definitely a song about, well, I don't think they intended it to be about this, but like now it's coming across as that still remaining double standard of like women are not allowed to be sexual except for, mm-hmm. and then I, the next song that we're going to talk about, you're going to see that it's still not allowed, but um, that women aren't allowed to be sexual and like be sexual beings and have sex and want sex and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so then when it happens, it's like she has to, even if she wants it, she has to pretend like she doesn't want it. Uh, but then even that is like what, it still sends mixed signals and everything else. It's like, it's problematic all the way around. And it's just even worse now that we know the history of like, yeah, it's like a couple, a husband and wife building this song (laughs) and playing it to make sure their guests don't go home. I mean, if I heard that song, I'd be like, let me leave you alone. (laughs) Like get a room. (laughs) Right. Or maybe like, let me call the police actually. I would be like, are you safe? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, Like, do you you need me to like, maybe I should stay. Right. (laughs) So I don't don't know. know. Like the, purpose behind it this goof that they were trying to do i'm like, yeah. not so sure about yeah. that so anywho anyways let us know mm-hmm. uh what you think and feel um and share your own opinions on it we'd love to hear it totally yeah. all right so without further ado the next song we will be destructing and the last song that we'll be mm-hmm. deconstructing today is um one that's a little bit less uh overtly problematic i would say mm-hmm. then baby it's cold outside this song though still has some interesting views and takes on it for both sides and that song is santa baby Ooh. so i don't know about you but this song 
just because of the way it's sung in like a breathy, like sultry voice. It's not a bad thing, but when I hear like children singing it or other people, like it just yeah. seems weird, a little creepy. Like it's yeah, just, yeah. Ugh. So anyway, I just have to say that about this song. First off, uh, any thoughts? No, I was I was gonna say like I think especially I was like <laughs> um, especially when it's kids and they're yeah. like, and I I can understand. I, I don't know if they necessarily like know what the baby part is, but you know, like they think it's yeah. like, Oh, like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. um, but when you're like, like I see children singing it, I'm like, this is no. Weird. Yeah. This and just even what it, what it represents, like, and we'll get into that. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, okay. So the history of the song first. So back in 1953, the songwriter Philip Springer wrote the lyrics to sound a baby in about 10 minutes inside oh, wow. his Manhattan apartment with the help of his partner, Joan Javits. However, he didn't believe the song would be a hit or consider it even being a song people would make would make them famous for oh, yeah. for decades to come. Like he had no clues, like a 10 minute, let's just see a little ditty kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So he was super skeptical about um, the music executives even liking the song or taking it all because he really felt that um, Christmas songs aren't supposed to be sexy. Mm -hmm. And especially with the woman who sang this song, who had a really sultry voice, and she, she was a Broadway star, um, Eartha Kitt. Mm. So this was in the late, Phil, sorry, was in his late 20s. And mm -hmm. he said, like, Eartha Kitt is the sexiest woman in the world. Like, you don't write songs for that are sexy or for like sexy women to sing. Right. <laughs> this is who's, how's this going to work? Um, and the publishers were just like, nope, stick to the music. Um, let us worry about whether the song is going to be sacrilegious or not. Cause, right, this is back in what the 30s, 40s, whenever. What did I say? 50s? 50s. Yeah. 50s. Yeah, yeah. 50s. So, 50s when, yeah, there wasn't a lot of Christmas songs, I imagine, that weren't just like the original Chris Christian Christmas yeah, songs, right? Like Deck the Halls and like, yeah, First Noel, Silent Night, yes. and like all those songs. Like, so yeah, yeah, he was like full on scared or just hadn't been done. So, again, mm -hmm. nobody had done everything this sexy and especially with a woman talking about being a mistress essentially right. which is also probably a taboo thing to say oh yeah um so it's a coyly crass message and the way it blithely re revels in the season's greediness sets it apart from the usual mm. christmas standards so again we're just getting very materialistic in what she's asking for but everybody loved it the publishers loved it it was catchy it was festive it was fun it was a little like naughty and a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, risky and spicy so it's sold again sex sells sex sells i was gonna say i feel like that's probably, like that's why honestly everything that gets so popular lately is because it's like it pushes the bounds mm -hmm. of like what's acceptable in society yeah yeah so exactly yeah. so and the year it came out it was the top selling christmas song of the year oh so make, make that money Eartha. there you go so some points against the song for why people aren't proud of it or happy about it so this was crowned the most disliked song in 2022 oh don't, don't know why exactly but it was disliked so last year mm -hmm. and a survey from 2019 showed that it was the least loved christmas song perhaps because studies show again money materialism mm -hmm. to be one of the most uncomfortable topics to talk about mm -hmm. so again don't like the song for those reasons um and yeah, we're still talking about it 70 years later. So people yeah. still just don't like it. Yeah. Um, so what could be uh, offensive about it, though? We talk about materialism, but what's really offensive? Yeah. 
So an article states that the singer uses her sexuality to get lavish things like a 54 convertible, a yacht and money. And Santa's positioned as a sugar daddy type mm-hmm. to provide her with what she wants because she's been good this year. Um, <laughs> think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed. So oh, she's been keeping herself for her oh. Santa, Santa baby. Right. Mm-hmm. So very naughty, very, um, I guess the way it just positions Santa and like the sugar daddy ideal, mm-hmm. right. And like, cheating in general so one remake in particular standards uh that stands out to me though in this situation is the michael buble another (sighs) version from him um and he totally disregards santa baby and he renames it santa buddy and santa pally it's like michael buble just keeps making things weird at christmas it doesn't really do any changes though like yes you're not using the words baby and whatever but you're it doesn't change the any of the offensive pieces or any of like the real meaning of the song. It's just like in different words. So I don't know why he continues to perpetuate these (laughs) problematic songs. I have no idea. I mean, he's got a great voice, but come on. Um, So it's super awkward, the changes that he makes and he makes Mm. them like almost more masculine because he's a man singing it. So he moves um, things like, what do I have here? So the desired gifts um, to tickets to sports games instead of decorations. Mm, Um, Because men hate decorations. Right. And instead of a ring, he says, I don't mean on the phone. He wants one little thing. Cha-ching. I don't know. I don't mean as a loan um so yeah he's just he's just again doesn't really do any massive changes or make it any better or any more progressive right or of the time it's just yeah changing a couple words yeah um so yeah instead of using the gender switch or his gender switch to to reduce the gender roles in the song again to Mm -hmm. make it more progressive boulet's song highlights them in a discomfort wanting the girly items so he just changes it from a light blue convertible to a steel blue convertible right okay because light blue is right not so girly um so yeah it's uh it's just weird it's a weird weird take on it um but on the other hand in 2018 miley cyrus lit up the internet with a her headliner um or her headline writer called a feminist rewrite of the song mm-hmm. um and she debuted on the tonight show and she explained that she was uncomfortable with the christmas classic original lyrics from 1953 right straight out of course she would be as a woman let's be honest <laughs> yeah Bublé had no no idea. No. Um, and and so she basically redoes all the gifts and she exchanges them for actual things that she doesn't need or we'll give you some examples. So she say, um, she asks, am I saying I'm going to hook up with Santa if he buys me all this stuff? Which is a fair assessment interpretation. Yeah. Um, yeah she performed the updated version. She asked Santa for men to stop talking over her and grabbing her ass because she could buy her own stuff. <laughs> so straight up, like, actually making a Speaking point of like what a lot of women we don't need yeah. a bunch of men to buy us stuff or a sugar daddy yeah so that's the negatives on the song i saw that actually i remember when it came out and i saw it on every news type thing that i like consume and it was like she made this huge headline because of all those things like mm-hmm. i think it's it's jimmy fallon and like i want to say like mark ronson or something but miley is just like also just like so confident and like mm-hmm. everything else and so she's like i don't i don't need any of these things like yeah stop talking over me like i got my own money i don't need you to buy me these things yeah. Totally. Yeah. So super good. Definitely uh, recommend checking out. Yeah. Um, so again, pros the song on the other side of the coin. Um, when chatting about that, some people actually believe this is a feminist anthem, which I think was similar to the pros of the other song yeah. too. So one article we looked at shared that where most of the Christmas songs from the 50s are steeped in conformity, Eartha Kitt's Santa Baby is wild, erotic, and thoroughly subversive. Mm. 
So while it might on the surface sound like a little ditty about wanting presents from a magical gift-giving, age-defying man, Santa Baby also plays around with the sexual politics of the age. While squeezing the Santa for all he's worth, the lyrics also suggest that the singer refuses to play the housewife, mm. hinting at her sexual desires for other men in lines like, think of all the fun I've missed, think of all the fellas I, I haven't kissed. So... Yeah, like she's almost saying, like, screw the typical norm of I'm scared, like in the baby's cold yeah. side topic or the, a debate about I'm yeah. scared of being seen like a whore or whatever. I'm just who cares? Like, I'm like, just I'm doing what I do and I, am I don't have I to am. apologize for that. Yeah. So which I feel like is uh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. For not caring. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could all have a dose of that and be better off, I think. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah very interesting there um and what's also funny is that the man in question in this like the santa baby isn't really ever given the opportunity to speak for himself mm -hmm. so instead he becomes a plaything of the singer's character and in that sense she can be regarded as a powerful subversion of the 50s gender stereotype so again she's the one right. really doing most of the talking versus i would feel like the guy does more of the talking in the baby it's cold outside right yeah or more like talking over. Yeah, talking so, over. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Right. So the feminist publication Miss Magazine included Santa on its list of Santa Baby on its list of the top 10 feminist Christmas songs in 2020. Wow. Mm. 20. That's Noting that Eartha Kitt was ahead of her time because it came when it came to sex positivity during the 50s and 60s, embracing her persona as a gold digger mm -hmm. who renders men in, into helpless little boys was her sexual power. So good for her. So yeah. the question becomes... Is this song a feminist anthem that takes control of our sexuality and power? Or should we rather be blasting Miley's version of it that truly does that, I would say, in her words that she uses? Yeah. What do you think? Who can be the judge? I think I like the last piece that you just said about like, it's like um, Eartha Kitt's original is embracing her sexual power. I I can see the like the validity validity mm -hmm. um and like in that and appreciate the fact that unlike baby it's cold outside this is so different and it is so like I don't care what you think about me and whatever else um however I mean and I think it's also like we talked about those factors like the time and mm -hmm. like the historical context and all those things uh I would still prefer to blast miley's version of empowerment i hear you yeah <laughs> but honestly i i don't feel offended per se by her by this song no um no, no. it's not the worst thing in the world like no. i don't think it sets women back in a per no. se so yeah i i don't really have any like super strong feelings on this one but i i do like the idea of like we don't need a man like doesn't need to be santa yeah, yeah to yeah. buy us these things like you could do it by yourself but in this case it almost feels like she doesn't want to she's just like eh, he'll do it for me why do i bother? yeah which also i'm like get it girl yeah i mean <laughs> like if that's if that's what makes you happy happy and brings you joy then like do it yeah I mean, santa he buys everybody's stuff why yeah. shouldn't you just Get the nice pile it on your yeah. list. So anyway, interesting, yeah. interesting. Okay, so as we mentioned, we were going to talk about those, just only those two specific songs, because otherwise I think we would be here for like centuries mm -hmm. talking about all these things. Um, so if you do have any other ones, please share them with us and we can, you know, start a conversation about those. But uh, these songs aren't just on the radio. Like they're not just, you know, things that you turn on when you're listening in the car or whatever uh we heard them in ads we hear them in tv and movies and social media as i mentioned and more recently we're actually seeing pop culture poke fun and bring awareness to these sexist undertones 
Yes. So there's actually a few different TV shows and movies that have incorporated these songs uh, or song moments um, and that almost like poke fun or bring awareness to the fact that they sexualize and objectify women. So one example is a Netflix holiday movie called Love Hard. I believe it's still on Netflix. You want to check it out this season. Uh, And it's a recent movie. Um, And so it features the song Baby It's Cold Outside. And but it's reimagined with revised lyrics to reflect a more consensual and modern interpretation of the classic song. Mm -hmm. So in the movie, Nina Dubrev's character refuses to sing song because of the obvious problematic issues with it. Yeah. So her phobo in the movie updates the lyrics. Mm. And the updated lyrics emphasize mutual agreement and respect between the characters and showing ensuring that both parties are comfortable and willing to stay together despite the cold weather. Great. That's nice. The revised uh, lyrics aim to portray a more balanced and respectful interaction between the characters aligning with contemporary views on consent and communication in romantic relationships. Another example in the TV show is the TV show Community in their season three Christmas uh, episode titled Regional Holiday Music. And in this episode, Annie Edison sings to Jeff Winger a parody about the sexualization of women in holiday songs called Teach Me How to Understand Christmas. (laughs) So this isn't specifically Baby uh, baby One More Time. (laughs) (laughs) Baby It's Cold Outside. Another song for another uh, discussion. I think it's, it's not that be... song. It's like a parody of just all the songs. Well, I think it's, it's supposed to be like a satirization of like Santa Baby. Cause it, oh, okay, yeah. And because she's like, um, she's kind of like, I could just because I, I literally watched this last night and she's like Betty Boop type. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Betty Boop. We should review her. We next. should. Yeah. I honestly actually watching that, I was like, this reminds me of Betty Boop. And then, yeah, yeah we, who is that? Mm-hmm. We should look into her. Totally. <laughs> Where'd she come from? Yep. Um, but anyway, some of the lyrics of this like re or satire version of the of Santa Baby are snowmen are cold or hot. Won't you be my daddy? I'm a silly Christmas baby. Tell me what to deck because I forgot <laughs> and finishes with you smotty me dumb. Help. What do you have fun? Boop, 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 sex. So, yeah, like <laughs> definitely a Betty Boop just playing dumb kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, don't know what's happening. Typical. Yeah. And like. In the again, just because I, I watched this last night, she like just progressively gets like dumber as the song goes on, and like she's like a woman and then like ages down to almost a baby, and it's oh, wow. very weird. <laughs> yeah, teach me how to understand Christmas. Yeah, interesting. It's yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, so t- that episode is very good. I recommend uh, watching okay. it for everybody. There's so, lots yeah. of songs. The yeah. community, check yeah. that out. So the lyrics obviously showcase the awareness of over sexualization and superficiality yeah. that they're present in holiday music, specifically around women. And the song challenges the common themes of romance, materialism, gender stereotypes, often found in holiday tunes we just discussed. Mm-hmm. And like, have you ever listened? There's a lot of these songs that are sung by women. Like even yeah. Mariah's "All I Want for Christmas Is Basically You, a Man." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just always women pining for these men or for these things, right? Like, I don't know. It's never just like, I just want to like have my rights. <laughs> like, I just want body autonomy. It's like, <laughs> I just want to enjoy a quiet Christmas for myself yeah. and relax anyway. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, the song really challenges the common themes of romance and materialism, like I said, and it just makes a point in general yeah. about the nature of these themes that we're seeing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think, again, it's like funny to laugh at it because if you don't laugh, you cry, as yeah. we always say. Uh, but yeah, thank you for those examples. I think that using satire and altered lyrics and or even just like context within this story to comment on societal issues like the sexualization and objectification of women in holiday songs um, and addressing those themes of consumerism and societal pressures and gender expectations during the holiday season is uh, is a good way to just like top off the season mm -hmm. and again laugh it's a good uh, discussion topic table yes. discussion starter at your christmas <laughs> dinner <laughs> yeah start it have ask, you ever thought about that song ask your grandparents honestly oh, yeah. i would love to hear what do you think this is about yeah okay so what are we going to do about this? What can we do about this? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so above and beyond just making fun, poking fun and, you know, remaking the songs. What can we as individuals, as civilians mm -hmm. do about these songs? Um, and it's I mean, the recommendations are similar to any kind of action or advocacy around any other type of For issue. Sure. And it boils down to a combination of things that we need to do individually yeah. as a community just systematic cultural shifts. So here are some things that you can do specifically. The first is just raise awareness and educate others. So again, have that conversation at your Christmas dinner, or after Christmas dinner, or whenever. Talk about it. Talk about what you think it means. Talk about it with your family, your friends. Um, you know, bring up the blogs, bring up the articles, mm -hmm. uh, share them on your socials. Just encourage the discussion around it. So just yeah. aware, more awareness about it. Another one is critical listening. So encourage people to listen critically. And this is all songs, not just Christmas songs, but oh, yeah. in general. Uh, be more critical about what you're listening to before so we don't continue to perpetuate or allow this types of yeah. sexualization or objectification of women that still is very prominent in a lot yeah. of certain genres of music um so yeah, yeah we need sure. to just have that critical listening especially when there's little ears around um and support alternatives so there's lots of remakes like we said some positive some kind of weird but <laughs> try, to, try to check the positives <laughs> yeah. or the fun ones that are progressing these issues forward and, and changing them changing the norms lobby for changes i mean if you really really just have a distaste in your mouth or really really feel awful about hearing these songs like the ones we chatted about lobby the talk to your radio station send them letters talk to them about more inclusive guidelines around what should be played on air, mm -hmm. the malls, whatever. Mm -hmm. You can send those in and I'm sure your local stations will listen to you. And the last piece is support organizations that support women. And I know a couple. <laughs> Razor Community would be a great one to start, but really continue to support those groups that are changing those norms, fighting against those norms, advocating and advancing for change. So, um, and just remember that change often occurs gradually. This mm -hmm. isn't going to happen overnight and it requires collective efforts, like I said, from individuals, communities and the media industry in this specific example. So by actively participating in conversations and promoting positive alternatives, you're contributing to creating a more respectful and inclusive cultural environment for all. Absolutely. So with that, Thank you for joining us today uh, as we confronted these terrifying but real scary holiday songs <laughs> impacting women and girls. Uh, stay tuned for more ways to make a positive impact and together we can make the world a little less scary for women and girls. Our next episode, we're going to be wrapping up 2023, the good, the bad and the ugly. So stay tuned for that. Yes. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at RaiseHerCo and at scaries.podcast and on TikTok at RaiseHerCo. And remember that change starts with awareness and action like we've shared today. And just thank you for being a part of the Scaries community and making this world a little less scary for it to be to exist as a woman. And Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Holidays. Happy holidays.